You are going to have to remove that gum from your mouth. Me? Both, Both of, of you. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation. Broadcasting back here at Studio 1A, the world-famous Studio 1A here in downtown Clarendon, which is in Arlington, of course. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode 205. A big show to get to, and excited to have two co-hosts alongside me, across from me. It's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey. I'm back. You're back again. Thanks I think for inviting me again. Third week in a row. This is becoming routine. I, I talked to you. Hat I talked to you more on the podcast than I do in like real life. I, that is, might actually be true. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Uh, n- not in a bad way. I don't want people to think that we have relationship issues or anything like that. It's just we're two ships. A lot of times, is that a real? Is that a saying? Two ships. I don't know. Passing in the night. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's bring in our other co-host before it gets too more awkward. Uh, to my left, it's William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? Julie, you are back because of the two greatest words in the English language. <laughs> Default. <laughs> Thank is you. That, is that two words? The two greatest words that build confidence. <laughs> is that two words? I, I think that's one word. Were you math wizards now all of a sudden? <laughs> So it's good to have Docs here in studio. He's uh, definitely, uh, yeah. He, he's it's it's the same old Docs, which is the audience knows and loves. Um, Thanks, audience. Uh, D- Docs, I will say, um, uh-huh. there's been a couple comments on social media uh, really? that that people have been. I do, I wanted to address. I, I didn't have this in the agenda, but uh-huh. people, um, some some a couple folks got upset how hard you are on me. No, nobody said that. No, I, I, I monitor social media. No, nobody, I've nobody got, is we've defending you. A, no, we've gotten a couple of direct mm. messages, and I just want to address it to oh, those do, folks who direct uh, messages. Yes, uh, who who have mentioned that. Docs and I are literally lifelong friends, like mm-hmm. brothers, and anything he we, says. We've known each other for all seven years <laughs> of our the, life. Yes, of our life. Anything he says, I don't take personally. Um, you know, so don't think that uh, him giving me a hard time your ego is trash no, every time you no, go no, home no 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 Far- you secretly cry at night oh no, no no farley takes it really well um but something <laughs> else no you do i mean you're, yeah. you're you're a good sport you make it fun so it's yeah. like we have fun together and, totally. and you 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 take it all in fun and take it all in stride uh, I would also say that if I'm not giving you a hard time, that's when you should be worried. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It so, means uh, that he's means I withdrawn. Don't like you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's withdrawn. <laughs> he's about to quit the podcast. So uh, for those couple of people, and there really actually have been a couple of folks, uh, it's all in good fun. No hard feelings. Um, Docs is, is, you know, he's entertaining. What, I think he's specific? most entertaining when he is giving me a hard time. There is some truth to it, though. I mean, there there has to be some sort of uh, uh, fine line, you know. Like, you don't want to. It shouldn't be like just nonstop berating, right? Uh, And and maybe sometimes I get a little bit out of. you know, I get into the fast lane. Sometimes. Well, you're trying to be entertaining. Sometimes, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, sometimes so, I need to put the turn signal back on and get fine. in the slow lane. Yeah. So I, I could see that, but I, I would say that after 204 episodes, uh, it it comes as a surprise to hear that. Yeah. That that 
So I was just curious what it was because yeah, well that that uh, we, <laughs> I've been doing this for twenty five years. Yeah. Uh, so so, anyways, <laughs> it's it's I appreciate the feedback. Um, we we always appreciate your uh, interaction with the show at Pace the Nation on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We always do appreciate. So we do take that seriously. Um, but uh, I'm not offended. I'm not embarrassed. Though I hope that no one else is offended or bar- embarrassed for me. Well, if, my, I, if my wife's not embarrassed or offended for me, well, then... She's just because she doesn't I, listen. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> no. <laughs> she doesn't But listen. she is offended. Right. I, I will say, like, Far- Farley and I started podcasting yes. maybe eight years ago, mm-hmm. nine years ago, something like this. I don't even know how long we were podcasting before we started doing Pace the Nation. And I, I do remember one time we went out with some friends that, that you know, we, we had some friends from school that were in town, and you and I were the only ones that showed up, and... We went out to dinner with them, and I realized because because a lot of this is a podcast shtick, right? You know, but then I realized it was hard to turn that switch <laughs> off. So we went out to dinner with them, and I was still doing like that shtick and giving you a hard time, right? And like about halfway through dinner, I was like, "Good lord, I'm like, like maybe You're I a should, jerk, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> so we can't go to dinner together. No, so we haven't eaten no since more. that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, it's all it's all in good fun. Um, I, I don't even know how I got on that left turn on this uh, intro here, but um, how how you got off topic yeah. before you could set the agenda? I know. I I, I need to set the agenda. I, I jumping out of your yeah. skin right now. I am really excited about today's program. Uh, I've spent the day with a really inspiring guy. Uh, he built. A brand from nothing, which is amazing. He built a running shoe brand from nothing, which I think is even more amazing. Tony Post of Topo Shoes will be in studio joining us today on the program. Excited to have him talk about his rise through his entire career of of working in the footwear industry to starting his his own uh, his own footwear brand in 2013, Topo Shoes. So we'll be talking to Tony later in the program. Also on today's show, um, there's some inside podcasting, Pace the Nation stuff I want to get into uh, from last week's show. Oh, um, I know what that is. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, an Olympian from 96 and 2000 was in the news. Um, I think pretty inspiring. Something I didn't realize was going mm-hmm. on in this guy's life. So uh, we'll talk about that. I only know this subject because you brought it up right before we yeah, started recording. Yeah, see, it, it hasn't really been in the news as much, I think, as it should have been. Uh, and then also, uh, Julie will share some stories uh, as well. I'll keep keep it pretty uh, ambiguous there. Mm-hmm. But I know she's got some kid stories and um, some stuff going on that is always interesting to the audience. Is At least this, I think it is. Is this show slowly devolving from a dog <laughs> show into a show about your kids? Yeah. Just like your Instagram account? Yes. It pretty much. Pretty much mm-hmm. is. I mean, we, we evolve from, you know, I talked about long shorts in the beginning and uh-huh. now I talk about my kids all the time now. Because <laughs> I think I didn't have kids when, when we started the show. Uh, but uh, speaking of, of having a kid in the household, uh, Docs, uh, you no longer have the dog. Well, dogs aren't kids. Well, yeah. Well, you and know also, I mean. also in dog years, I do believe Luigi's older than me. Yes, probably true. Uh, but you were house-sitting or, or pet-sitting for Joanna, mm-hmm. former well, co-host. I don't think I was pet-sitting. I was just hanging out with Luigi for a week. And you got pretty attached to Luigi. Uh, he, how was it when you um, – yeah, how was it when Joanna came and – uh, took when, her dog back. When they came back, like Joanna knocked on the door, and you, you've been to the house. You, you know, there's that, that window mm-hmm. next to the door, and he was on on his couch. 
the big one. Uh, His couch. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm relegated to the couch. It's too small yeah. for me. So he's he's on the big couch, and he looks out, and he sees her, and he runs to the door. And I was in the kitchen editing Pastination, <laughs> and because that's all I do. That's right. my whole entire life. And and I see her. You know, I know it's her. So I'm like, I'm teasing the dog a little bit. I'm like, who is it? Should we open the door? Who's who's there? And and he goes absolutely nuts. Bonkers. He's he's starts barking like a bark I've never heard, like kind of a howling. And and he's jumping. He's doing like like these three sixty, like just hopping up and, and and spinning around. I triple was like, axles. I was like, this is nuts. I wish I had it on video. He was so excited to see her. So excited that she was back. And she op- she opens the door. Or I open the door. And she comes in and like the dog just like um, yeah. It's like oh whatever. Made me feel like. Uh, Complete dirt. Chop That's over. what I was going to ask. And, my yeah. God. So I'm, I'm Luigi sitting has there. no feelings. I know. I'm sitting there. But then, you know, so we're talking, okay, here. And then, you know, he's like excited and all this kind of stuff. So I go back down to, to, to my couch, my my small, too small couch for me. That you've been relegated and, to. That I've been yeah. relegated because to. Because of the dog. Yeah. Yeah. And after after he settles down, after he gets his heart rate down to, to uh, uh, rest pace, mm-hmm. he comes over, jumps on the couch. Lies down, puts his head on my lap, and he's like, "Ooh, yeah, wow." wow. Joanna and, must have not liked that. Well, I think I think that after the reception she got from the talk, I don't think that there was any. <laughs> There's no insecurities. There. Okay, yeah, good point. yeah. I don't okay. think anything's coming, no question. coming out of that. Okay, um, but Luigi did come around. Yeah, that's oh, good. Come around. He he loves it at my house. He loves camp docs. Mm. Uh, and also, <laughs> and then when they left, when it was time for them to leave, that you know we got everything out, put it in the car. He goes on the couch and he lies down and she's like, "Come on, let's go." And he wouldn't move. He was really? Like, wow. He's like, hey, okay. "I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving." All right. I was like, I had to go over. I had to tell him. I was like, "You can come back later." Yeah. And he's like, "All right, all right, I'll go." All right. So that makes you feel so good. So then they had to drive with him like all the then way they, up to Syracuse. Then they drove. Yeah. I wouldn't want to get in the car either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll know. I don't know if that exactly. was as much about you, Docs, as it was. He was like, oh "Anti-drive." My gosh. Yeah. Don't try to dissect this, Julie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, um, doesn't help the situation. Did, are, are you closer to getting your own dog after that experience? No, no, no. no. Why not? Because you can't recreate Luigi. There aren't dogs <laughs> like true. Luigi. Yeah. That's true. Unless Joanna's gonna like get them. a puppy, train it, and right. then give it to Docs. Yeah, I don't know that this is gonna work. I don't think she would do. But you could go through the hardship of the early on. Uh, periods with the dog and you know you'll get to a point where you well, have could, a Luigi I think I could train a dog pretty well I mean, yeah but but there is something can you train to, ours there is something <laughs> to you know the the natural personality of a dog as well which which you don't want to beat out of a dog I mean you want the dog to be itself mm-hmm. uh, but I like I won't get a dog up for myself because I travel too much yeah that's true yeah and don't look at us to help with no. that yeah because... I, you guys got your hands full <laughs> yeah all right. Well, um, glad that uh, that it was. I'm glad that everything went well with that. I'm glad that at at the end of the day, the dog gave you some love, but obviously still loves uh, Joanna because I know Joanna would feel really insecure if uh, if he didn't. <laughs> we've we've done this on the show before. We've done a whole oh, when like, we did the when taste we did test. The, yeah. the dog yeah. come I, running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Luigi did pick Joanna, which I know was was really important for her. Yeah, but I do. I, I do think that if anybody goes back to listen to that episode, the the uh, the data set was 
tainted. Mm. Uh, I th- I think that there was a better way to do that experiment, and you have to go back and listen to that show to to find out. But that was a good experiment yeah, that we it did. Was. And and in the end, I think we got the right results. See, we are still a dog show. We are. Oh, thank goodness! Yeah. Thank goodness we stick to our roots. All right. Well, let's transition out of that excited guys to be joined next by a really awesome story, inspiring guy who's. Build a brand from nothing. It's Tony Post from Topo Shoes. He's going to join us next in studio on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julian Docks, we are excited to be joined in studio by a real inspiring guy. I've spent the whole day with him. We've had a great day. It's the founder and CEO of Topo, it's Tony Post. Tony, how are you? Great. I'm great. It's good to be here. Thanks Thanks for for having me. Oh, man. Thanks for spending the day with us. Uh, He flew from Boston, made a quick trip. I feel really honored. He made the quick trip to to spend the day with Pacers, right? That's right. Full day day with Pacers, which has been awesome. Um, So Tony is a a, a runner. Uh, He's been at a few different brands, and he's done this amazing thing which is start a shoe brand which i just think it just blows my mind that you're able to start a shoe brand in 2013 when the rest of us were thinking the last thing we need is a shoe brand right i mean it's it's kind of crazy that what 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 you've done i i told you this earlier now you sound like my wife Wow. Yeah, it's that, but it is when you really think about uh, where we were in the industry, and I know we have a lot of listeners in this industry. Uh, it, it just was a, was was a tough time, and starting a new shoe brand in a very crowded space. So, congratulations. Uh, I want to kind of I want to kind of tell the story how we got got here to, to Topo. Uh, we'll start with grew up in Colorado. We were a good runner. You ran for Tulsa? Yeah, University ran, of Tulsa in Oklahoma. University of Tulsa. What brought you to Tulsa from Colorado? So I actually went to Tulsa on a golf scholarship. Really? Yes. And my, my roommate in college was a track athlete. And he got me running first year. when I okay. uh, And I just I loved it. I had a natural inclination and really enjoyed it. And as things would have it. Uh, I got cut from the golf team. Tulsa had a pretty good golf team and I got cut on my sophomore year and I needed to have a way to pay for college. And uh, by spring of my junior year, I had a full track scholarship. Wow. That's great. I did not know that was not in your bio. That's, that's incredible. Um, so are you still a good golfer today? Do you no, golf much? I don't, I don't play much golf okay. anymore, but I, I did as a kid and yeah. enjoyed it. Did, did you did, did you run high school cross country? I did not. Wow. I was a uh, I was a skier um, and a golfer. Wow. You know, those are my two main sports growing up in Colorado. But I guess I always had you know pretty good endurance and and I liked running and it just suited my body type and style and I liked competition. Mm-hmm. And so because I'd only you know I probably ran for maybe two years before I was able to to make the team at University of Tulsa. And 90% of the cross-country races are on a golf course, so you didn't really have to change venues. <laughs> That's right. That's I never thought of it that way, Dex. <laughs> Very true. All right, so you run, 
run for Tulsa, end up with a track scholarship. Amazing. So you wanted to continue your career of run, uh, with running after well, college, right? Yeah, because I got started so late, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, really not competing until college. And and by the end of my senior year, I was doing pretty well in a lot of the meets, but I wanted to compete against other, you know, better runners and better athletes. And so my girlfriend at the time, who's been my wife for 30 something mm-hmm. years now. Gotta uh, remember that number. I do. <laughs> 36. <laughs> 36 okay, there years. we go. <laughs> um, she, uh, she was from New England and convinced me to come to the Boston area. And, and I started training with good runners. And um, it was, you know, it was really a passion for me. It still is. But I mean, that's where I really developed the passion for running. Yeah, you ran some fast marathons, I believe, 225, your yeah, best? Yeah, 225 is my best. I really only ran two competitive marathons, okay. ran uh, low to mid-14s for 5K. Yeah. Um, you know, I was better probably in the in the marathon distance ultimately, but, you know, like a lot of things, like a lot of people, I probably overtrained or <laughs> overdid it, so right. half the time I was either broken or, you know, sick or, you know, you don't yeah. get very many chances. Yeah, that's some good foreshadowing to you needed better footwear maybe back then. Uh, so 225 at the Boston on the Boston Marathon course. That's that right. Yeah, wow, mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, man. it was fun. Um, what year was that? That was 83. 83. All mm-hmm. right. So you, you run fast, but you realize you're not going to be a uh, athlete who runs full time. So you got to get a job and you decide to go into footwear. Right? That's right. Yeah. So I was I was lucky enough to get some uh, equipment from Nike and mm-hmm. travel money at the time. So I built a little bit of a relationship there. And they had a facility in Exeter, New Hampshire, that I would go to and learned a little bit about shoemaking. And and uh, and Bill Rogers, ironically, was a spokesperson for this little casual shoe company called Rockport. Hmm. And so I kind of cold called the company and was able to get a job there and spent 15 years at the Rockport Company, uh, learned a lot about product and marketing, had great mentors and teachers, uh, actually ended up running all of product and marketing for them. Wow. Now, I've seen uh, you run a couple marathons in those dress shoes, right? That's right. Well, so I, I think you ran like under 250 in a pair of Rockports. Is that true? That's got to be like a world, that's got to be like a Guinness <laughs> Book of World Records or something. Well, you know, so it's a funny story because uh, I was wear testing product every day. And as anybody knows who works in an office, you really, here is a shoe that is supposed to feel like an athletic shoe. Right. And yet you're not really doing anything athletic. So at lunchtime, I used to go and do my daily lunchtime runs in a different pair of Rockports each day. Huh. And so when we had created the dress sports, which was our first dress line of shoe, and it was really a, a, a novel shoe at the time, super lightweight, you know, cushioning and a dress shoe, which had never really been done before. Um, and I came back from the run at lunch. And I was like, man, these are so good. I bet I could run a marathon. And I said it kind of tongue in cheek. Right. But the marketing director was within, <laughs> you know, oh, shouting distance. Shot. And he's like, if you can do that, Post we're doing, doing it. it. Yeah. And so so I did. So I ran two marathons and ran 249 in, wow. in the dress shoes. How yeah. did your feet hold up? It was them? actually, so when I ran the second one was London, and I ran in dress shoes. And just to give you an idea of how good the shoes were, eight days later, I ran Boston, ran another full marathon. Oh, my wow. gosh. In so. the same pair. No, that was in. A, that, oh, I was smart okay. enough to wear regular okay. good running shoes on the second one. But can can I ask what what was the rest of your attire when you were wearing dress shoes? 
A lot of people are curious, you know, do I carry a briefcase? Yeah. Do I wear a tie? You, there are those people that come to road yeah. races. If you yeah. carried a briefcase and went 249, yeah. I'm more impressed. Yeah. No, no. I was uh it was it was traditional running yeah. shorts. Yeah. Yeah. But were you advocating for a shoe that you could use as both a marathon shoe and a dress shoe at the time? So you've got to imagine that here's this little company, you know, that is now making probably one of the first really actually comfortable dress shoes so comfortable that you can run in them so the best thing you could do is really demonstrate that to people we didn't have a huge marketing budget at the time and so that was a way to be able to try to show the world that these shoes are so comfortable you know you can you can not only wear them to work and be comfortable all day but you could run a marathon if you wanted to and, and maybe incredible. you were were you in ads with finishing the marathon in the shoes so yeah so we did find some money to be able to yeah. actually took out some That's ads cool. we we made a television ad really and uh yeah so it was TV it was ads. really wow. fun so yeah. good you can run a marathon yeah now. love it yeah. well he's he's moved on well there was a stop in between as well from rockport uh then you worked for I'm going to call them Vibram or, or Vibram. Is it Vibram? Is it Vibram? So uh, I think the company accepts both. Okay. You know, <laughs> but I, I, I mentioned to, to, to Julie beforehand, and and you thought it was Vibram. Or no, you, I, you said Vibram. Uh, and yeah, I said, oh, said, is that the correct pronunciation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. you said, well, I think there's an American version yeah, and an international so, way so of So just the story, it. it seems like everything has a story behind right. it. So um, I was I knew the owners of the company in Italy. Uh, the Bramani family. Their grandfather, Vitali Bramani, had started the company in Italy, and they had uh, established a licensee in the United States, but they wanted to have their own company in the U.S., so they hired me to help establish a subsidiary company in the U.S., and that was the first question, what do we call it? (laughs) Because already people in the U.S. knew the brand is Vibram, but as a tribute to the owner of the company, Vitali Bramani, Mm -hmm. we called it Vibram. Gotcha. And so, you know, that was uh, kind of a big decision right right off the bat was, you know, how the brand was going to be known. But as I said, the company, you know, they, they willingly accept both Vibram and Vibram. So So you led that company in the U.S. for for a dozen years or so, right? I did. I started uh, Vibram USA in 2001, Mm -hmm. and it was a company that, of course, makes soles for Mm -hmm. a lot of different shoe brands. So, you know, we made soles from great outdoor brands all the way to, we actually at one point had five different sole programs uh, on Nike footwear. Wow. And so we had a wide range of customers. We built that that business into a really you know good and successful business for the shareholders. So um, everybody remembers the Vibram Five Fingers, and you know those just took the kind of our business by storm, and you, they were selling out everywhere. And you were behind this madness what that was the five fingers so i mean tell us about that whole craze that was just yeah it was a really fun time yeah. i really enjoyed the experience the owner of the company in italy marco bramani actually had purchased the rights to the design for the original five fingers from a design student at a design school in italy okay and he had kind of put it together with a small collection of shoes that he was working on on the side and asked if I would be interested in bringing this small collection of footwear to the U.S. And I told him that I wasn't really interested in the full collection of footwear, but that I did like that one Hmm. little item. Now, selfishly, what he didn't know was that at the time, I was undergoing a lot of um, 
you know, like a lot of runners, you know, we're always a little banged up or dinged up. And yeah. I was looking for a way to strengthen my body and, and do things that would allow me to be less injured. And a friend of mine had encouraged me to run barefoot. Now, this is before anybody ever talked about barefoot running. This is before Born Long to Run, before, before born, Nike no, Freeze, before... Four yeah. years before Born okay. to Run. Okay. And so... I, you know, I tried to run barefoot on a treadmill at first in my gym. They said, well, you have to put shoes on, you know, you can't be barefoot <laughs> here in the gym. So kind of selfishly in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is an excuse. Now I, I can be kind of barefoot. And so I started using the shoes really just to lift weights and, and do uh, gym work. Yeah. And it was great. I loved it. And I really believed in this concept. And then I was having trouble running for more than like three or four miles and you know, my knee was always hurting. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't realize is my form had become so poor over time that you know, it had affected you know, my gait and, and it was causing me this knee pain. When I ran in those first five fingers, so this was, I was the first person to run in five fingers, when I wore the shoes for the first time, it forced me to land more up on the ball of my foot. I had to land lighter. I couldn't land with impact. I couldn't land on my heel. And when I ran like that, I also had to become a little more upright. Mm -hmm. I had to land lighter on my feet. And all of these things kind of corrected my form and posture. So it wasn't that the five fingers was this miracle shoe. It was that it had pointed out to me that, wow, you know, doing these things is really important to be able to have a good lifelong running career. You know, I'd been running at that point for 30 years, but I wasn't, you know, I'd, I'd gotten sloppy. And so now that I have to tell you, the next day after that run, the bottoms of my feet were sore, <laughs> you know, right. uh, my calves were yeah. sore, you know. You're so firing said, all kinds of different oh, muscles. Yeah. That, yeah. So I said, wow, if we're ever going to, you know, tell people it's okay to run in these shoes, we've got to make sure that we tell them to pay attention, listen to your body. You know, it's not, it's not a panacea, you know, the way a lot of people, you know, came to look at five shares. So, uh, so we always viewed it. I always looked at it like an arrow in the quiver. You know, right. it was a shoe that could help you to um, improve your form, strengthen the muscles in your feet and lower legs. Did a lot of research. We're based in Boston, so did a lot of research with Harvard University. Had articles published in Nature magazine that basically explained all that. So this is a phenomenon, right? I mean, it is, and then Born to Run comes out, and it's just crazy i mean are you thinking at the time like this is it this is my lotto ticket you know i'm going to ride off in the sunset with this and you know just sell as many vibram five fingers as i can and then you know go off and live a nice life well you know and so I, there were a lot of us that were involved sure so it wasn't i don't want to yeah. make it sound like Absolutely. it was it was just me you, you weren't know, there gonna, were yeah. people that were there was a whole team of people that were working on this business and it was fun it was I think the exciting part was we were able to open up people's minds. You know, you were in the running industry mm -hmm. back then, and everything was so conventional. And what I love about Five Fingers is it, it allowed people to look at footwear differently and look at their bodies differently. At that time, there were a lot of shoes that had lots of plastic and, you know, heavily structured right. and a lot of shoes that were designed to control movement. And Five Fingers was something completely the opposite. It was about using your body, but trying to learn how to use it in a natural way. I think where a lot of people got carried away was 
as runners, we all have that next race or that next thing. And so we're not willing to retrain our body or rotate, you know, that shoe into the quiver as, you know, a shoe maybe we start just walking in and then maybe do one run, an easy run a week and build up over time. And so some people had a great experience, but some people also got injured and had a a bad experience. But either way, I, I thought that, wow, there's really something here to this concept, to this idea of using the body in a in in a more natural way and so that really stuck with me so you have an idea there um you want to take that to the next level and build shoes with these principles why not build Vibram shoes yeah so the challenge of course was we'd also built this really strong business and the sole side right right. and so we were running two businesses we're running the vibram five fingers business and we're running a business providing and designing and, and producing platforms for now what was by then probably 50 different companies. And so we didn't want to create a business that would compete with those mm-hmm. with those companies. So it was a really tough decision for me. I wanted to I wanted to make shoes that would use some of these principles, but of course we couldn't do it at Vibram. So I made the difficult decision to resign. Um, you know, gave the company plenty of notice, made a very easy transition, was gradual, didn't jump right into uh, uh, making a new product. But um, but I knew that, you know, ultimately what I wanted to do was to take some of those principles and combine them with some of the things that people like in traditional running shoes and try and create something new. That's what we tried to do when we introduced Topo Athletic. So Topo Athletic, I got a pair of their beautiful shoes on right now. I'm putting them up in the air. They are uh, we, use, we sell them at Pacers, and and they're sold across the country uh, at, at many running stores and and at places like REI as well. Um, this is 2013. Like I said, it, this is really hard to start a shoe company. Um, so you leave Vibram. I'm calling them Vibram and Vibram. So you leave <laughs> you leave there, and then. You must have to like have like I, like I don't even know how that process works. You must get like angel investors so you can build shoes and like what's the first step? Well, the first step I was the angel investor, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was uh, you know that's always challenging. But you know, the first thing is I think you have to have a passion. So yeah. I had a real passion for running. Yeah. So that makes it easy. You know, I want to be in this space. I want to be around these people. I want to be contributing and advancing this idea so for me that's the first thing that you have to have and if you don't have a passion for it and it doesn't matter if it's tough market or a good market yeah. it's you know it starts with what you love and so i i still after all these years had this really strong passion for running and fitness in general and so i wanted to start a company and i believed that we could create a company that could that could deliver a better experience for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that was the idea behind Topo. And so there were three or four kind of grounding principles that we would use to deliver that experience. What are those principles? And what is the, tell us about the shoes. And so everything at Topo is, you know, our shoes have evolved over the last probably six years or so since we've been around. But some of the original principles are the same. So for us, everything starts with the fit. Mm-hmm. So our fit is very roomy up in the toe box, which is great. You need that because it's nice to have room for your toes to spread and splay for comfort, but also for balance, agility, a sense of control. 
but the shoes fit more snug through the waist and secure in the heel. What I don't want is a shoe that is just wide and sloppy. I want a shoe that feels connected to your body, even though you're, you've got all this room for your toes to spread and splay naturally. Mm-hmm. So that's a healthy fit, and a healthy fit is kind of the foundation of everything we do. Okay. The other thing I learned when I was at Vibram was that some people had a really hard time transitioning to a zero-drop platform. And you might like a zero-drop platform because it encourages more of a midfoot strike, a shorter stride, creates less impact on your joints, knees, ankles, hips. But some people going from a 10-millimeter drop to a zero-drop, you know, that creates a lot of stress on the Achilles tendons, on the calves. So we said, well, we're not going to be exclusively zero drop. We'll also do shoes with three millimeters of heel to toe drop, five millimeters of heel to toe drop, so that people can transition to that. So the fit and this low drop idea were two of the original principles. And a drop for, I mean, we've talked about shoes and kind of gotten geeky on the shoes on the program in the past, but a drop is, if it's a zero drop, the heel is the, the same height. The midsole stack heights are the same in the forefoot and in the heel. Correct? That's correct. Yeah. So yeah. if you're saying a zero drop, yeah. it's really just a level plane. Got it. Mm-hmm. It's just like being barefoot, yep. except with cushioning under mm-hmm. your foot. Right. So, and so that was the third thing was everybody was like, well, Tony, he's like the minimal shoe he's guy. He's the barefoot right? guy. He's the barefoot guy. <laughs> he's going to make shoes that will run barefoot in again and uh, you know i tried barefoot running and i got hurt or injured well i didn't want to just do that so we create shoes with different stack heights so some shoes are relatively thin 16 millimeters of stack height but we go all the way up to i think i told you earlier today we have 30 millimeter stack height shoes in the line now and we're working on a 32 millimeter stack height so i believe in rotating your shoes and using different shoes for different workouts and using different muscles in your feet and lower legs and depending on how you feel some days you want to be in less shoe and you want to just fly and it feels great but there are other days where you just feel like you need a little more cushion maybe you need a little bit of light guidance and so kind of like you would do any gym workout you probably don't go to the gym and do exactly the same thing every day well you use your shoes the same way so how were you able to like get this product out there and it's just so amazing to me to penetrate this market what are the couple of things like marketing wise that you did or what were the breaks along the way to get you into these hundreds of stores across the country so you know i think anybody who has a passion for the business like we said you know that they'll start by trying to find other people Mm -hmm. that can join them in this mission because you can't do anything by yourself so you know we had to find other people that you know shared our same values and and ideas both in manufacturing the product so Mm -hmm. we have our own people in china working with the factories in china where we produce we're also producing in vietnam now of course Mm -hmm. um and 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 we also had to find because it's a very expensive proposition to start a shoe company and to start a brand to buy inventory to open tooling and equipment and to hire all these people so we needed additional investment capital Mm -hmm. so we needed investors who also believed in our vision who believed in this idea of natural running and and shoes that could allow the body to work in a natural way Um, but i think you know finding those people in all of the different avenues has been kind of the core of what's allowed us to succeed because we made plenty of mistakes. I sure. mean, we've had 
all kinds of things that I can name that we've done wrong. We bought the wrong inventory. Right. We, you know, we we didn't do our tooling the right way, or we made a mistake with you know how uh, something was assembled. But you know, if you're honest with people, if you're genuine, if you work to fix the problem, people will give you a shot again. And that's been you know you get better. You don't make the same mm-hmm. mistakes. Make a mistake, it's okay. Make the same mistake twice, probably not so good. So we try to learn from those mistakes and just get better every year. So it's just, I mean, a lot of it's just passion and grit. I mean, that's what I'm hearing from you. And I think there's, you know... I'm looking for this magical thing, (laughs) like this is, you know... I was lucky, I was very lucky to work for great companies for 25 years. Or more than 20, almost 30 years. So, you know, that gave me the experience... And I think this is a hard business. And without that experience, without those teachers and without those mentors, it wouldn't have been possible. But it's also incredible to think about the, through that experience, like it almost sounds like you were itching to build this shoe, like to to build this company. Like you've taken all this experience from these two different companies and working with different products and stuff. And suddenly it's like, I need to build this. Like I need to, there's this company is basically an answer to everything that you had learned. Yeah. I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that same passion, you know, and you, you, you just think there must be other people like me who, who feel this way. You know, you kind of, it's kind of a hope. It's kind of a wish that there's, there've got to be other people that feel this way. You know, running shoes were a problem for me a lot of times. I was injured a lot. And some of it was overtraining, but some of it was a poor fit, or yeah. some of it was, you know, the way that the shoe was designed to work with my body just didn't work. And and particularly, it became noticeable, you know, under, as you increase your mileage or, you know, increase your speed work or things like that. And I just knew that there had to be another way. I shouldn't have to be injured all the time. Yeah. Oh, I think it's interesting, too, because... There's probably a lot of doctors that are really happy that there was an answer to that, you know, the craze of the Vibrams, right? Yeah. Because it went from, you know, zero to 100, where people, you know, you think about maybe your typical runner can be often very extreme, right? And so it's like, <laughs> here we go, we've yeah. got this shoe, and it's the magic <laughs> fix. And like you I'm said... I'm 60 miles a week in it yeah, right away. And like yeah. you said, you know, you've got people who are just using them from from day one and 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 there is no rotation into it right Right. so now you create an answer to that i imagine doctors all over the country are like thank you (laughs) for you know because the the drop is really important right and i think that's what people ultimately were looking for maybe this closeness to the earth like the the idea of of really being in our natural state right but to create something in response to that that's safer, you know, and 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 gives people the ability to to slowly come down closer, yeah, right. That they can actually, you know, have that same type of sensation, and that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and I think for us, it's a it's part of an overall philosophy. So we don't think that the shoe is going to fix all your problems. And I'm sure you guys get people who come into the store and they're like, "I need to make a change because I'm injured." And sometimes they expect the shoe to fix the problem. And you might have to put them in a shoe that does something for a period of time to help them recover. If they have, you know, plantar fasciitis or, you know, whatever the situation might be. But long term, you got to encourage people to work on their body. What's really the problem? You can treat the symptom with a shoe, but long term, you've really got to try and figure out how do I... 
how do I fix this problem? And usually it's, you know, strength and balances, range of motion or mobility issues. And finally, I think that's some of the work that Vibram Five Fingers also helped to bring out was just awareness of this kind of stuff. There's a, uh, you know, couple of great writers in this spiel, in this particular field that, that come to mind that have done a lot of work to raise the awareness and consciousness about how we just as runners need to do more than just run. Mm-hmm. We need to do things that really strengthen and take care of our body. So Topo Athletics, it's Topo Athletics, right? Topo Athletic. Yeah, Topo Athletic. Let me get that right. A lot of people must ask you, where does the name Topo come from? Yeah, so Topo, if you didn't figure it out yet, is Tony Post. So that was a nickname I had in college. Gotcha. Topo. It wasn't going to be the, the brand name yeah. for the company, but we were three weeks from launch, and we still didn't have a name, and we were desperate, and our attorney said, well, you know, Topo does clear if you want to try to use that. So that's how we ended it's up with Topo. So it's a great name. It's a great name. It comes from a real it. place. I love it. I love it, too. Um, yeah, so it's Topo Athletic. Yeah, Topo. So Tony Post, first two letters of your first name. First two, two letters, letters of your last. last there we go, That's man. It. Very cool. Um, so, what's next for you guys? What's the big next thing for Topo Athletics? So, I, you know, I spend a lot of time working on product. I love working with our product team and people. I, I like to go out and and talk to people and show new product mm-hmm. and collect ideas, and that's always exciting. So, you know, to me, that's the fun part of this business is always coming up with new things and being able to share them with people and get feedback and ideas and hear you know how people respond and react sometimes it doesn't have to be radical changes Mm -hmm. you know sometimes a lot of the what's unique in our footwear sometimes you don't see you know we're so conditioned to technology and always thinking about technology it's overlooked how important craftsmanship is Mm -hmm. in footwear crafting a last shape how a shoe is assembled there are small things in how foams are glued together or how it's assembled inside a shoe. And, and so we really try to master some of those details, and not always just about the you know, big-name technology, but delivering the, the craftsmanship that when you put the shoe on, you really feel the difference. Well, you, he's shown me some beautiful new shoes that aren't even, haven't hit the market today. And you've accomplished some beautiful craftsmanship so congrats on 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 what you've done and stuff coming out man it's fun to be a part of the industry it's fun to be around it Uh, it's fun to be a part of something that you know whether you're a runner or a walker or a hiker you know you're getting people outside you're getting them in nature you're getting them to feel better about themselves and so that's that's what gets me up in the yeah. morning. Yeah, and, and you guys are, are true. You're truly authentic. I think that's another thing. I've said it's all you gave back to uh, an outdoor um, conservation. Uh, conservation, yeah, yeah, which was pretty. Cr- so tell me about that before we let you go. Yeah, so there's a group we're affiliated with, and there are a lot of other companies that are too, called the Conservation Alliance. And so on Earth Day uh, every year, we give away 50% of all of our sales. Mm-hmm on that day to the conservation alliance so earth days in the spring hope to be able to start to do it you know more than one day a year a couple days a year as our business grows but i think it's important because you want to support organizations that help preserve the natural places i nothing makes me happier than being out on a you know a nice long trail run in nature that's my space i love that 
And uh, so I want to make sure that that experience is available for generations to come. So I want to do whatever we can to help preserve that. Very cool. Well, I always ask our guests um, how much they're running now. So what is <laughs> what does a running week look like for Tony Post? So and this might be a disappointment to some people. But <laughs> no, it, I, mean, no, I have the bar set yeah, pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I typically run probably three days a week. It's okay. about and it depends on the season. It depends on you know what kind of weather and everything else. But I'm super active. So I mountain bike a lot. I ski a lot. I also cross country ski. We live in New England, so you know we're outdoor people, and so we want to be in the outdoors. But you know, when I'm running, um, you know, it's something that I connect to that feels like it's just part of who I am yeah. because it's something I've been doing for so long, and I love it. I try to not just do casual runs. I like running with people casually; that's mm-hmm. fine. But I also still try to inject some intensity because I love the way that it makes me feel, and so. Um, you know, I try to put my body under a little bit of stress, which doesn't take that much anymore. <laughs> uh, so some workouts, hill workouts. Yeah. So I love it. As I said, uh, just three days ago, I did a pretty good hill nice. workout. It was, it was, and I love doing the hills. I'll take the dog. And for yep. some strange reason, the dog has no incentive, but we'll do the hill workout with me. <laughs> <laughs> just wants to be with you. Yeah. That's because dogs are awesome. They yeah. are. Yeah. We, we talk a lot about dogs on this show. Yeah. So that, you know, no, that's right good. In. Yeah. So perfect. Right in. All right, man. It's been a thrill to spend the day with you. Thank you so much for making the trip. Thank you for spending the, this last half hour with us on Pace the Nation. Tony Post, Topo Athletic, thanks so much. Thanks, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Chris. There he goes. That's Tony Post of Topo Athletic. He joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Topo Athletic founder and CEO Tony Post for joining us today on Pace the Nation. It's Topo Athletic. Uh, I think I said Topo Shoes before. Topo Athletic. It's at Topo Athletic on both Instagram and Twitter. So mm-hmm. give them a follow. Uh, Tony and the team at Topo Athletic doing awesome stuff. What's their handle on the 17 other social media platforms? (laughs) Probably Topo Athletic as well. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But all seriousness, really enjoyed uh, spending the day with Tony and really just like an authentic, good guy who is doing awesome stuff for the running community. Like really, truly, like he's a a running guy who I, I can just get behind that. You know what I'm saying? It's genuine. Yeah, Feels like he cares. Yeah, totally. And, um... I think he sold you on a pair pair of shoes, right, Julie? I'm going to give him a shot. Docs? Well, I just enjoy talking to somebody who has faster PRs than me and track and field is <laughs> their second sport. Yeah, I know. He didn't even pick it up until yeah. after. He put his golf clubs down. <laughs> he didn't then, even need to, though. He got kicked off the team. Went out and ran faster than me. Got yeah. cut. No, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, that's, you're not. You're not good bitter. Guy. You're not bitter at all. But so so weird to think about. Like he said, I got cut from the golf team, but and I had to figure out a way to pay for college. Yeah, exactly. So I got a full scholarship to on the track team. Yeah. And here I am thinking to myself, like, how does that work? I know. Seriously, like, I don't. I don't have kids being like, hey, I'm a good athlete. Yeah. Hey, can, can I, I get a scholarship? Yeah. I mean, they ask, but sure. we don't do that. But that they don't. Different, just different times. Different times, Julie. Back then, they they didn't have golf carts. 
<laughs> and and they uh, would get a discount if they could finish the, the, the round of golf in a certain amount of time, that's, in under a certain yeah. amount of time. He so, so maybe that's where he got his running from. Yeah, yeah. so they, they would run from hole running to hole. hole yeah, hole to hole. It's really funny. Half the time he didn't even set his feet. He just... Yeah. Which <laughs> is why he got cut. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony Post, thanks again. Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, check out a pair of their shoes. Seriously, come by uh, Pacers Running. Uh, check out a pair of their shoes uh, next time in the uh, one of the Pacers stores. All right, so Julie, uh, I teased... At the beginning that you had a story or two for us. So this is kind of open forum. I had an idea of what I wanted you to tell. Um, but if you got a better story than the one about our kid, then uh, feel free to just go ahead and tell that No, one. my life is all about <laughs> our true. children and that's work yeah, and that's, stores. That's yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you don't have man, much Man, you kind of intro it like it's going to be this massive story. No, no, like no. I'm going to break some yeah, news no, here. No, What's no. going to be happening? Well, this was breaking news in our house. It was Let's breaking news. This was a big deal. I, and I, it was kind of traumatic for me. Yeah. So, I mean. I, I, I played no I'm part in this. I'm going to pull up Farley and say I'm going to make it all about me for right. a second Please here. Please do. Yeah. And it's about my trauma. Yeah. Um, well, I, and, and I, again, I didn't. You you took this whole situation. You guys need to tell the story quick. This is like seven minutes of setting up. Like Nobody knows what you're talking about okay, okay so Including today me. we went and picked up a pair of glasses for james yes. did he already have the eye exam he had the eye exam he had uh-huh. three eye exams and the yeah. reason he had three eye exams is because i was in denial uh-huh. yeah actually it was four ex- eye exams before the doctor finally said you need to get him glasses because he's it's three years worse. old uh-huh. um and neither julie and i have had glasses well you okay. no i do but it's yeah. not for this right so it's so interesting to me because children, you know, can actually develop eye strength. They're young enough that their eyes can actually correct themselves. So the doctors now, the pediatricians, are screening them at like one, one and a half years old to see if there's differences between their eyesight. And when they do, or if there's a, you know, flag that basically says they need to be checked by um, an eye doctor for children, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're called. Is it an optometrist for kids? Yeah, basically. Okay. Um, what, a, what about like a pediatric optometrist? Yeah, it could I think, be. I okay. think that's probably go. that's good. The, okay. closer to the technical term. Okay, okay. Um, but so they recommended this doctor in Arlington. She's amazing. And we had a great experience with her. But um, it's really, it, it, it can be, I, I maybe I'm just traumatized because growing up, I remember seeing like little kids with glasses and they get picked on at school. Yeah. And so I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, this is going to be our kid. And he just started school yesterday. Um, preschool. And then preschool, yep. yep. So he goes three days a week in the mornings. But um, so it's not like real school, but it's like, you know, transition to school. Anyway, so we were he in, now. We were like in tears yesterday, like it was real school because yeah. we feel like our kid was all grown up. But yes. Because mm-hmm. he thinks he's an adult. He's yes. A, he's a three-nager. Yeah. He, That's what they call him. <laughs> three-nager. Yes. Um, so we went and picked up the glasses today. He actually looks styling in them i I think he does they're they're kind of cute they're built with like plastic so they can be bent and they don't break um he can definitely scratch them up within like two minutes he had hershey's chocolate kiss on it because we were trying to bribe him to actually get him to wear it okay yeah so the, the guy at the store who was also really nice was like okay if you want to get them to actually wear it. You got to bribe them. So within like 20 minutes, he had had two Hershey's kisses 
a, a banana cupcake from the bakery down the street. Like he was, he was loving his glasses then. Right. Uh, things were, things were going pretty well, but the real test is going to be when we get him and he's in a bad mood and he's throwing his glasses on the ground and the do- the dogs grabbing it's it and running it all over on. the house yeah. and yeah. the usual but is he, evening is he, activity. Is he okay with wearing glasses? He seems to be okay. I think that what was interesting to me when we went to pick him up is, is um, the guy that owns the, the store where you buy the glasses, the glass store. Mm-hmm. What do you call I that? I don't yeah, even I know think you're it's glass that. store. Oh my gosh, yeah. you guys need to read a lexicon before coming on this show. What's a lexicon? <laughs> it's a dictionary. Oh. Why don't you say dictionary then? Okay. So he said, you know, you may actually get really emotional more than you realize when you when you actually see him make the connection that he's seeing better. Oh. Because he said for a young child, he actually had a fairly large differential one eye to the other. The brain is so fascinating because it it tends to um, tends to actually um, work towards the eye that's stronger. And mm-hmm. so the strong eye was actually getting continuously stronger. So every six months when we got him checked, the weaker eye was getting weaker. And so the idea is that you get the pair of glasses so that they can eventually even be out. evened out. And they said the doctor said it's actually pretty common for kids when they're like 9, 10, 11 hmm. years old to kind of grow out of the glasses. So That's cool. It's possible. It's possible. But in the meantime, he's got some cool, styling little cool. blue glasses. I- I'm worried about this because he's getting into like kicking the soccer ball and all that stuff. I'm worried about um, if he needs the glass. I'm sure he'll need the glasses to play soccer and sports. I'm worried no, about... No, you get him Rex specs. <laughs> <laughs> who knows Kurt, that reference? Kurt Rambis. <laughs> Rex. <laughs> who knows that Rambis, uh, that that uh, reference? Um, besides Charlie Band, uh, Rex Specs. Yeah, those are old school. We're not getting Rex Specs. We're gonna get something different. But I'm sure there's something else out there. I'm just not. That's one of my uh, blind spots: is glasses. That's funny. Yeah. That's a really funny line you just did. Did you write that ahead of time? I did. Do you have yeah. a team of writers? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, big in our household. Um, I haven't seen him yet with the glasses because Julie, like I said, has done the whole thing. Well, he's hopped up on sugar. So, <laughs> right, so. <laughs> it's good that we're going home a little late. Yeah. You know what's funny? I had an eye exam today, and you I'm going to get glasses. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Because I can't, timely? I can't see far away. Really? Yeah. So I, I noticed because when I go to the DC United games this this year, I haven't been able to like read the numbers on the jerseys. I but I have binocs, so I have to put the binocs on to to see. And I'm like, I got to get my eyes checked out. And they they checked it out, and and I also just like James have a weaker eye because you do the mm-hmm. this thing, and and that was that was pretty amazing to see like that difference. When he said and this it, thing, he's got one eye, one hand oh, yeah. in front of one eye, and I, one like, hand like an eye patch. Other. Yeah, I yeah. pulled a Farley, and I and I did a visual on the yeah, podcast. We think it's a video podcast. That's your yeah. second visual, actually. Yeah. You did it with the dog bouncing up in the air before too. Yeah, the no, triple axle dog. Well, I did that as I was describing what it was doing. Though. Yeah. Okay. In yeah. this case, I just said this. Right. Right. <laughs> that doesn't help. That's not very descriptive. Right. All right, I didn't. Wow, that's crazy that you had. Mm-hmm. A, so you're getting glasses. Yeah. Okay. You wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? <laughs> if they had Rex specs on, yes, probably. <laughs> probably. No, and wreck it, Ralph, and then and then Ralph grabs the glasses and hits him with the glasses. Another Charlie Band yeah. uh, reference, think, I'm sure. Yeah, he Charlie. Knows. Yeah. How you doing, Charlie? Uh, all right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. I say five. I can only say five for another week because we are opening on H Street 
next week. So as this podcast comes out on Monday, uh, we should be open the following Monday. So uh, stay tuned for information on 8th Street and that pop-up location uh, on runpacers.com. That's going to be very confusing for anybody who binges this show. Yeah, that uh, we've got a new location. If if somebody's listening to an old episode, can they go to a a store that you've closed? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I wonder how many people have gone to our Princeton store. store, Yeah, yeah. because I did promote the Princeton store on this show. We talked about it, yeah. Yeah. We talked about it a lot. (laughs) That's a good point. I'll have to call the... That's like like a song by The Who called Pictures of Lily. Everybody go listen to that, and then you'll understand. Yes, uh, I will do that. Um, All right, so I mentioned uh, there was an Olympian in the news uh, this past week, really. Um, Michael Johnson, uh, world record holder in the 200 and the 400 from the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, He he peaked in the 96 Olympics. Yeah, 96 Olympics. Perfect time for him to peak. Um, won the 200 and 400 double, which I don't think had ever been done before. Uh, but he was, you know, one of the greatest, uh, set the world record in both events. Yes. One of the greatest American track athletes of our generation of all time, of all time. Mm -hmm. Uh, quit underselling him, right? No, he was ridiculous. (laughs) He was pretty good. Uh, Yeah. He, yeah, he was pretty (laughs) solid. Um, he had a stroke a year ago, August of uh, 2018. He had a stroke which I didn't even realize. I mean, this is a, a guy who was as famous of a track athlete as I can remember. He had a stroke, which is a huge deal, and it kind of goes underreported, at least in my world, and I feel like I try to stay up. On track and field. Yeah. Is. Did you guys know about him having a stroke? I think it would be interesting to listen to our, our podcast from August 2018 and see if you talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I didn't, but you're right. I can't say for a hundred percent sure, but I, I'm pretty sure we That's didn't. That's the talk only about reason it. why I don't want to really commit right now to whether <laughs> I knew this or not. Yeah. Well, did you know that he had had a stroke? I I, I don't think you so. You live in I that think world I, too. I think I actually just heard about it recently. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. It, so it might that might have been on purpose or not on purpose. I'm I'm not sure, but. Um, by, by anybody I've ever talked to in this track and field world, everybody loved Michael Johnson or loves Michael Johnson. So I, I was just surprised I didn't hear it. But he was unable to walk a year ago. Mm-hmm. There was a video that he put out on his Instagram. Uh, it's at MJ Gold, so check it out, uh, of him walking, taking his first steps. Um, and that was uh, a, a few days ago, August August thirtieth of this year. He put out that video. So he, do you know what month he had the stroke in? It was August of two thousand eighteen. Wow, so it's taken a year. It's taken a year wow. to actually walk. Wow, which is which is crazy. Still looks like a super fit guy, um, and taking his first steps, and seems to be progressing uh, fairly well. Um, and again, he's he's kind of chronicling it. Um, on his Instagram. So check it out. MJ Gold um, is, is where you can find that. So That's, I, It's pretty interesting because there was a story not too far off of that of another Olympian, Jamie Nieto. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys remember that story. Yes, he, high jumper. Yeah, he got injured goofing around at practice. He was a coach. Mm-hmm. And I think he... I forget what happened. I, he might have tried to like high jump in practice and hit the ground. Um, and he became, missed the mat. Yeah, he wow. became paralyzed. 
Um, yeah. There was like this amazing story of him coming back and walking down the aisle with his with his bride like a year or two later. Like that was his goal coming back. So I don't know. Wow. It's kind of bizarre to, to hear two stories of a little different. Like one right. was being was paralyzed and the other was through a stroke. I mean, yeah, and, and both, but both, uh, I'll say about, about both those guys, awesome guys like widely everybody loved jamie nieto is that his yeah. name and, and, and everybody loved michael johnson so um good to see both of them kind of on the road recovery one other thing uh i wanted to mention do you know who i saw running the other day i do because you Costa told us trail. oh yeah. okay all right. Or, right or are you rhetorically asking our listeners yeah i guess i'm i i was asking you but i, I or, or should we uh Put the fourth wall back up. Yeah, and, I forgot and, that I told you. And pretend like we don't know who it is. I literally told you that like 45 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, Man, I probably did say something about Michael Johnson in 2018. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I probably can't remember 45 minutes. Well, then you don't have to answer. I saw Tess Strike running the other day. So uh, I texted her and said it's great to see her on the run, and we're going to get her on a show uh, soon. Wait, you you didn't say hi to her while you were running? <laughs> no, I did. We did say hi. Um, I didn't stop. You just kind of like yeah. you, you saw her, didn't say anything, and then texted her afterwards. Hey, I saw you on your run no, today. No, no, no. We okay. said hi. We didn't stop. Uh-huh. I never know if you should stop or not stop. Um, my dog didn't want to stop, so Tess, don't be offended. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When you see somebody on a run, I guess if you haven't seen them in a while, there should be uh-huh. like – there should be like a ma- amount of time. If you haven't seen them in four months, you right. need to stop. Right. But wow. if you've seen them in three months and I can't 28 think that days, fast. I have no idea. <laughs> then you I did don't see need to stop. I did see Tara Landy out on a run uh, yeah. like last did week you or stop? so. No. Actually, it was it was awkward because I wasn't running. I was on the bike and I was mm. following the whole Georgetown team, and they were doing a workout, and it, there were puddles. And we kind of cornered her, and she wasn't able to get past the puddles because the girls were in this massive swarm. And by the time we got past them, I realized it was Tara, and I was like, ooh, sorry. Wow. Anybody else, you'd be like, ah, no, you can fall in the canal. I don't care. But Tara, <laughs> yeah. Tara is such a key member of our stores that you can't push her into the canal. No, no. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to publicly apologize. All right. Well, you're on the record. Hopefully she listens. You know who I think I saw was Brooke Curran. Who you, you recently I, I saw. I did, yes. And I texted you because you said you saw her, and then I was walking the dog. And then I, I think I saw her run by with her dog. And I, w- I texted you. I was like, does she run with her dog? Because it's so weird that you just, just said on this podcast. Yeah. yeah, you had just said it. Uh, and then I think I saw her too. But I, I think I told this story before, but it's worth bringing up mm-hmm. because people don't go back and listen to old episodes. <laughs> One, as much as we urge you to, they don't, right? One one time, and and Julie doesn't listen to the show, so so I could tell it, and it'll be new, it'll be new content for her. Yes, but I was running back towards my house on the WNOD trail, and there was there was a pregnant woman walking with a stroller in front of me, and and beyond her, running towards me was Farley, mm-hmm. and so I ran in front of the woman. It was a hot hot afternoon, and I, when I got in front of the woman, I turned over to the side of the the path 
and fell over and pretended like I was like having a hard time. Right. And, and f- that's like when Farley recognized me, and he just starts laughing. <laughs> Little did I know, I put this woman in labor. <laughs> like oh she, gosh. she completely freaked she was out. Upset, right. And and then she was doubly concerned because the other pedestrian who who was on the trail at the time was laughing his ass off right. at me having some sort of cardiac failure. <laughs> Little did she know, the pregnant woman didn't know it was a bit. It was a bit the whole time. It was a That's bit. the point. I yeah. didn't think about her when I did the bit. It was a funny bit. Yeah. It was funny between me, Docs, and the other guy, but the pregnant woman, yeah, mm-hmm. you put her into labor early. There wasn't another guy there, unless you're talking about the fourth wall again. The fourth wall. Okay. <laughs> All right, Doc, so we said uh, that we wanted to talk a little inside baseball about mm-hmm. um Charlie Pace Manuel. Oh. No, 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 not that, that baseball. Um, what went on with last week's show? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if people noticed, um, but there were parts of the conversation with our guest where just like one, two, three seconds of audio just just didn't Wasn't record. There. Yeah. So that it, it would it would go from like you would you would make a statement, and that there were there were like two very clear times when that happened. There was one time when he specifically said that he was running three to four miles like three or four times a week. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he said exactly what Julie said in the intro, <laughs> and, and his statement there got cut out just, just off of the recording. It just, it just wasn't there, and, it, and just the audio just jumped, and I, like, I got really frustrated when I was recording because, you know, the next When you were 15, editing it. Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, when, when I was editing it. It's like the next 15 to 20 seconds all relied on that statement. And then there was another one when we were talking. So it, it happened, and it was just a, 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 at a certain period where just, like, audio just wasn't there on, on the, the re-listen. And I think that it has to do with, um, like, if you want to get technical, I think that maybe some program was running in the background on my computer or my hard drive had gotten full and it was having trouble saving the audio in real time. So I cleaned out the hard drive to make sure that there's a lot of space and I defragged the hard drive to make sure that uh, it doesn't have to go searching for different places. It just keeps going in a continuous stream. Uh, And I'm not connected to the internet so that while we're recording, because when you're connected to the internet, then all of these apps on your computer say, oh, I'm going to take this opportunity to go out and, and try to download an update and stuff like that. So I'm not connected to the internet. Hopefully this solves the problem. So, Julie, Doc's he is passionate about the audio being pristine, which we appreciate. The listeners should appreciate, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's texting me. Uh, very upset on Sunday when we yeah. we had that kids event. We were with our, our friends with that all thing. the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So he is just 10 texts in a row. Yeah. I'm like, the world is ending type texts. And I'm like, oh, I guess the show is lost and <laughs> we're going to have to do Roman again. He's like, oh, no, only like a couple minutes. I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought so, the whole thing was gone. I thought the whole down. thing was gone yeah, and I thought the whole podcast was over. You were just like, so we can't use we the audio. And pull docs like, off the ledge. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no. No, there's like 99.9% of the audio is fine. It's, but don't you understand this one part? So that's it was significant. How, yes, it was that's, significant. That's how passionate he is about the show. So, Docs, thank you. Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't the moment where Chris said, it's going to be a big show where you could just like <laughs> fill that in from yeah. every other yeah, yeah, episode yeah, yeah, right. that we've ever done. Yeah, It wasn't that audio. There's a lot of those those probably out there. So, too bad and none of those were <laughs> lost. Exciting show today. <laughs> <laughs> From the center of the universe. 
I bet. All right, keep going. What else can you say? We love it. Yeah. All right, great show, guys. Thanks to Tony Post from Topo Athletic for joining us. It's at Topo Athletic. Give them a follow on all social media, all 17 of them, right, Docs? Mm -hmm. All 17 platforms. Give them a follow. A couple special thanks to uh, Bill and Michael, who were uh, accompanying Tony the whole day, and they were outside waiting and uh, appreciate their patience while Tony did the interview. Awesome stuff from uh, the founder and CEO of Topo Athletic. Good show, guys. Thank you. Episode 205 in the books. Thanks. Um, Docs, you're out of town next week. I guess I'm yeah. back. <laughs> I guess you I are. guess I'm back. Default. Uh, <laughs> default. Default. Uh, nickname. <laughs> Docs, when Docs is back, he will have a, an exciting update from wherever he goes. He's wherever. He's often cryptic, but... Uh, You'll have an exciting update. Don't talk about me while I'm gone. Uh, we will. Uh, so we'll look forward to no docs on episode 206. So maybe everybody's going to look forward to that. <laughs> I think that's going to be the episode people Especially skip over. Wrote yeah. You. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. That's Roy Me Docs. And for Julie Cully, I'm Chris Farley. This is Space Nation. We will see you next week. After the song, after the outro. It's people's favorite part of the show. <laughs> uh, like, literally. Oh, people so just. It is actually there. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to ask him about his London and New York marathon. I think he ran 249 in Rockports. So pretty, did I. Pretty, <laughs> Big um, I, I wonder if people run with glasses. Do people run with glasses or do they were just run with contacts? Yeah, definitely. I see a lot of people out there running with Rex specs. Is that what that is? <laughs> I think that was like 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And while you're looking that up, I have some. some uh, you know, we talked about how this show could be marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could talk and talk and talk. You can use the whole hour if you want on, on this session. Basically, uh, Farley, you need to apologize for whatever it is. Just apologize. Mm-hmm. I okay? apologize, yeah. And, and Julie, you need to understand this is going to happen again. You knew what you were getting into. I did. Okay, I that's did. that's the whole it's marriage. That's what I signed up for. That's the whole marriage counseling. Done. You're great. Uh, you can find Topo Athletic on Twitter. If you're old and you have Twitter. <laughs> Twitter Twitter will very soon become the new Facebook. In fact, kids are only on the gram and the snap.